Welcome to the Creative Minds Podcast with me, Callum Hughes. Something for your mind. So for everyone joining the next episode of my Creative Minds Podcast, I'm joined by Janssens. Uh, for anyone who's familiar with Janssens and into underground electronic music, without a doubt, one of the most talented producers out there. He's released on Knee Deep in Sound, Circus... Hot Creations, 8-Bit, 432. He's one half of the Love Hurts collaboration with Richie Ahmed. He also racked up around 25 plays on BBC Radio 1 with his track Switch, which was released on Circus, supported by the likes of Annie Mack, Danny Howard, Martinez Brothers, Jamie Jones. So I'm just going to invite him in now. Hi, Mav. How are you, mate? How are you? Is the sound okay? Yeah, it's perfect, mate. All good. Yeah. yeah. I've got headphones in case it goes a bit, um, sometimes it goes a bit like echoey, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's all good. As long, as long as you don't start producing in the background, I'm sure we'll be fine with the sound, mate. <laughs> you good? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm all good, mate. Thanks for uh, taking the time to, to join me, probably out of your, uh, your spaceship in the background. <laughs> Yeah, all good. So, are you based down in London? Are you with your studio? Is it part of? Um, is it in your house? Is it or? No, no. It's about. Um, well, actually, I bought a bike recently. Um, and I can cycle here in about six minutes. It's actually about six minutes from my flat. Um, on a bike. Um, about twenty-five minute walk. Yeah. So that's in in North London. Um. So yeah, it's it's, it's good to be near home. Cause I'm here quite a lot. So. I can imagine. Nice, so I don't be too far away. I used to have a studio in Hackney. That's one of the reasons why I moved, because it was too much of a trek going back and forth all the time. Yeah. So it's a lot better here. Yeah. Yeah. So at, at the start of lockdown, did you move some of your hardware into your part place and then get yeah, on your I mean, get I mean, on your partner's nerves? <laughs> I started to panic because I, I didn't know what was going to happen first of all. Thinking, oh no, what, what, what happens if we're not allowed out at all? So I started bringing back half, half the studio to the flat. Uh, my missus wasn't happy because all the dining room table was basically synths and cables <laughs> and stuff. But I didn't actually do that much there, to be honest. I, I'm, like I said, I'm lucky because it's only on the road. I can just walk there, so I, I, I could get it quite easily. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, man. At least you're uh, you, you're back home now, anyway. Where, yeah, where, where you're one of those. It took me a little while to get the swing of it when it first sort of announced the lockdown thing. But uh, now, now, now I feel good again, mate. I'm back here. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Quite a new, quite a new bits. That's that's good, man. So, it's uh, it's funny actually because I think I started listening to your stuff back in 2017. It was probably your releases yeah. on 432, where I think yeah. that that felt for me like it was a period where, especially with tech house, it was becoming quite saturated and a little bit generic. And then I came yeah. across some of your tracks and i was i was like wow this is this is insane um so really I, I wanted to know a little bit more and i'm sure a lot of the the people who are watching do as well uh really about where it all started for you because what i actually really do like in a world where with social media 
every everyone knows everything about everyone. What I like is clearly your personal life is out of the equation from your social media, which I think is really nice nowadays uh, that, you, yeah. that you keep that separate. So where did it all start for you then musically like when you were a kid or a teenager or...? How old were you when you first started producing? I was about 19. 19, yeah. yeah. And how, how yeah, many years? It's a lot nicer, not nicer to produce, not easier, I'd say, to produce now. It's really, all the software is so much more sort of intuitive and sophisticated now. It's like a, it's a lot easier. It's a lot yeah. As, that's probably why you're as good as you are, because if you can work with software like that back in the day, then nowadays you're probably looking at it like, oh, this this is blessed compared to what I used to have to uh, to work with. Yeah, I think that there's some really nice points there that, that I wanted to elaborate on. I think the fact that, you know, clearly first and foremost, you're a raver, and I think that's really important for anyone who's looking to get into production or even just DJing is just going to a load of different parties. I think don't just pigeonhole yourself to one specific genre. You can find inspiration from going yeah. to so many different kinds of events. Um, even if it, like you say, some of the uh, the Love Hurt stuff that you work on with Richie, that's so yeah. disco-inspired from probably yeah. cuts back in the day, which you've now brought forward into into the present day, which is... Uh, yeah, so it's always good to find new music. I was going hunting stuff. And talking about going out raving, I, I spoke to other producers and they said they say they're struggling a bit sometimes because they haven't been, they haven't been out clubbing. And that's sort of a bit of an inspiration. I mean, going to clubs, listening to new tracks, going, oh, I, obviously hearing out sounds in the club as well, thinking that's like good. I want to start, you know, incorporating a bit of that into my sort of production and stuff. So it's a really important part of it, I think, like listening to music, discovering new music. Yeah. Gives you more experience, definitely. Yeah, for sure. What What were the raves that you were going to then back in the day? Were they illegal oh, ones or legal? Uh, <laughs> Bit of both. No, no, they were like, they were, I started there like the under 14, like the under 18 ones, and I was like, under 40s, under 18s, like, um, I can't remember what it's called now, like, sort of like, you know, like Dreamscape, Helter Skelter sort of stuff. Like the yeah, Helter Skelter, I'm familiar with, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, Subsy, I was saying that I was listening to a podcast that he did the other day and he was talking about, obviously, Fuse has been going for about 10 years now, but he said, obviously, Fuse, forced and, first and foremost, started off as an after-party, then it became like a Saturday club night where he goes, now yeah. it's had to evolve because festivals have become far more prominent and the bigger stages have yeah, compared yeah. to your smaller club nights, whereas actually with the whole situation at the moment... It's, it's probably going to have to, even though people don't want it to. If you can't do bigger capacity events, it's going to go back to the intimate events. But I, I don't know about you, but I mean, don't get me wrong, you can't beat a big festival, but I actually love an intimate event. I think having that connection between yeah, the, not, the, the, the DJ... Productions and and w- when you started to see real progress, I mean, you you probably take a step back and you start to think that's sounding pretty good. Now, where where did it go from there when you started to make connections with say promoters or other producers, record label owners, and then you started to see things take off? I think it was probably about five years ago because I was like I was doing other music before then, but then I sort of started my answers brand sort of about five years ago I sort of had a sort of vision where I wanted to go and was from there like a sign to Viva first of all yeah and then a daily I to say two um, charted um, the track with High Point I did and then I said thank you on Twitter and that led to like oh have you got any demos sort of thing and that led to like uh, knee deep release um, yeah taking all that and then just like yeah sort of quite an organic sort of thing yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. I think in in several different respects, when especially nowadays, because there's so much focus on your beat port charts, your your playlists on yeah. Spotify and Beatport. If you have a big name that's influential chart in one of your tracks and then like yeah, you yeah. say i think it's the fact as well that you followed that up and you reached out to daily and then i mean quite surprisingly because it, it clearly shows how good the productions are because for him to then come back and say have you got any yeah. demos n- normally it doesn't happen but i, th- I think that's a, a big yeah, it's hard. Yeah. yeah i think that's a big point as well though and especially something that i've been trying to um not necessarily preach, but just educate more up-and-coming producers about is it takes a lot of years to find your sound. I mean, some people have got that natural talent. They'll stick at it every single day um, and maybe they'll develop their sound a bit quicker. But in some cases, it can take years and years and there's there's nothing wrong with that. You're better off waiting and then getting your stuff out there when it's absolutely quality, especially now because, you know, like you said, because producing is so much more accessible with software and you know you don't necessarily need all all the hardware i think i think that's quite a big point as well definitely i think yeah, it's djs as well like just trying to on instagram just message them like any dj that you like the sound of that plays out and you just send it because i, I always people's track they send me a message i always like say oh cool i'll check it out give me an email and i think a lot of other djs do that yeah and that's what happens and say if a dj plays it out 
progressing and more DJs, oh, what's that tune? And then they might contact you and all just happens like that. It's, it's, just like, it's a bit of luck as well, obviously. It's hard work, but... Yeah. I think now, now is probably the best time as well because I think in normal times, especially your bigger names, when they're touring here, they're in everywhere and they're in different time zones, you probably have to you say there is an element of luck because like the the message you send, they might pick up, you know, when they're in an airport lounge or exactly, yeah. some, somewhere else. Whereas now, if you're producing really good music, you're probably far more likely to get hold of your Jamie Joneses or your Hotson 82s, those those kind of artists so any producers listening if you're sat on fucking good tracks just get them out there don't because the thing is as well a lot a lot of people fear the reject with the rejection and i get that you know it's not nice but i think yeah (laughs) nah come on mate surely not that much now um but yeah i I think especially now i mean any time to make it in the music industry you've got to be willing to take the knocks on the chin and, and the occasional knockback and just push yourself harder and, and want to make it because if if you just if you're not willing to take a couple of no's and then you just think oh i'm, I'm gonna give up well the chances are you, you're not gonna make it these producers aren't gonna reach out to you you're yeah. gonna have, just have to keep pushing yeah accepting all as well accept accept criticism i always i always always speak to people where i send them like, i'm not sure on that and they send me it and they give me some like they might say i don't like it and i i, I like that i like to know yeah. Other sets of ears and stuff like that always helps. Always think, yeah. Yeah. You always be better, I think. Always, always try to be better. Yeah, that that that's good, man. I think that's a good mentality and mindset to have as well, because I, I'm. I, it goes about saying in the music industry, just it doesn't matter what part it is, you're gonna have some egos that think, oh, I'm perfect to everything. But it's like no one's yeah, yeah. no one's perfect. Like even even if you're at the top, there's there's it's definitely a good way to push yourself harder as well like you say because if you're in the mindset of i can do better then the likelihood is you're gonna produce better music you're gonna put on better parties you're gonna do better all round, i suppose so would you say then that that first release on viva then hot since 82 you said uh put it in his chart or playlist then yeah. then you had the knee deep but- I think that that's one thing for sure is, I mean, I definitely found it. I mean, obviously I don't produce, I do more um, like promoting in artist liaison and things like that now, but getting your foot in the door can sometimes be the hardest thing. But when someone gives you the key, like for instance, you sign a record and then you get support from someone like daily, you know, you build that relationship. Then, you know, if you go about it in the right way, if you say, Oh, I wouldn't mind coming to this show, then if someone like that, you know, maybe could sort you out backstage, then you've got that that's where you wanna be. Get get into those kind of people and be like I know for some people it's a bit nerve wracking and people think, Oh, I don't know if I've got the confidence but you know, if you really want to make it, if you get given that key and then you can then meet all these other people, you know, in a VIP or backstage, somewhere like that. Yeah. Or you can meet them, or just even 
shake the hand of your viewers do or something just to show you there you know you just you know yeah I think, I think it definitely does go a lot further and this is something that I know people probably say to me, oh, you sound like you're repeating yourself. But the reason why I reiterate these points is because I really think that it needs to be driven into people is in the world of social media. I think that, that element of face-to-face -face relationships and building that has been lost somewhat. And I think it, it does go a lot further. If you make the effort, like you say, to go to a different town or city um, yeah. and, and yeah. go make the connection, it, it does go a long way so the next part i wanted to discuss um was i've noticed with some of the tracks that you've made and me personally i don't know if you you disagree but some of them that have had the biggest impact is where you've collaborated with vocalists so obviously the the switch track had massive support on radio one that was with uh dope earth alien was it if i get that right and then um the track that you did um is it less ordinary so my mind's gone completely blank yeah, yeah, uh, with yeah, with Liz Cass. So yeah. I think that that's um a big thing that producers sometimes struggle with is they they'll have like a really good structure to a track, they might have a really good bass on and the, the different samples, but then they'll maybe have problems with finding the right vocal or vocalist or getting um maybe clearance on a of a vocal. So how, how does it normally work for you, like, when you're working with vocalists? What do you find uh, normally works best? Like, for me, like, producing a good vocal is very, you know, you need to be very experienced. One of the hardest things to do in production. Yeah. I think, you know, because there's a lot to it. You need to get a good performance as a singer. And I'm, 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 I don't really like working with vocalists if they're not in the studio. I like to be, I like to be, like, vibing off each other. I like the singer to be with me so we can, like, keep retaking it. You know, I'm, I'm really fussy, like, um, I say, no, it's not good enough, we need to do it again. And I think you have to, when, you, when you're doing an original vocal, you have to kind of be like that. You should just, just accept it. Yeah. You're not buzzing off it, do you know what I mean? And just take your time over it, because if, if it's a killer vocal and you get it right, that track will stand out a lot more, trust me. It's, it's true. I mean, there's been the, the odd producer I've come across that, that doesn't really use vocals too much. I mean, like, your Ray Monos, I'm a big fan of, like, his rolling kind of bass lines. But yeah. at the same time, I think that vocal hook, especially with your females, females love a vocal. So it's always going to go down, yeah. like, massively well if, if it's got that um, vocal kind of hook. So how, how do you normally, um, like source the right vocalist will you normally just go out there and look for certain vocalists or get them to approach you or vocals like um obviously some tracks don't need vocals but i think yeah, it's nice to have some tracks of vocals like you said they stand out and they'll get paid longer things like that um sourcing vocals it's a very sort of meeting people and just sort of online hearing them saying oh do you want to come to the studio let's try out some ideas um like i said it just happens naturally i, I like I don't like to, because I know some producers, they'll ask a vocal just to send up a top line. And I, I, I can't really work on that, because I have to be making the track while they're there. Yeah. It's always changing a bit, do you know what I mean? Sometimes, it's like, say, uh, when you get a top line vocal, that's it, you've got it, you can't really change it, unless you have to go back and ask them to re-sing it. That's what I'm saying. It's, for me, it's really important that you're in the session together, because you'll get a lot more out of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, that's that's good, man. So um, after your 
releases on 432 because i mean when i first started listening to underground music it was probably 2015 2014 and like one of the artists who i'm a massive fan of is is richie ahmed and especially his label 432 i i think personally 432 is probably one of the best labels out there at the minute with its output of um of music so how did the relationship with with richie first start and then how did it evolve into the the love hurts collaboration Yeah. And stuff like that. And I said, yeah, that's really cool. And he showed me like the concept artwork and stuff like that. And he's just got a really good ethos of it. It's like he just wants to put out good, just good music. Doesn't doesn't care if it's hype or the hype stage. He wants to put out music that he loves. Yeah. And I think that really comes across in the label. It's really like solid, like good house music. And it it can go on different tangents, but it's always good quality. Yeah. It's probably not every month, but I like that as well. He's really just like when it's right and he releases it and he puts a lot of effort and love into it and. I love all the branding, yeah, and I think it's really good. And then the love hurts. Um, we just said let's start. I just said let's just start doing some sort of because uh, he works really well with you anyway. And I said then we'll just start. We'll get some beers in. Just like he's he's really good at um, digging out like records because like obviously love hurts is quite sample sample based with like disco stuff. Um, and we just really work well together. Like it it comes pretty effortlessly. The tunes get done. Yeah, love that stuff gets done pretty quick. We've actually got. Um, Volume three coming out soon, actually, which I think is the best one yet. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, uh, Disco, this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for that one. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's good, man. Um, so you know, with your involvement in four thirty two, I think I I briefly missed you last year, obviously, with the work I do for Lab Eleven. I think I was away when you played for the yeah. the four thirty two and Terminal collaboration. Uh, would you say you're probably a resident now with with the yeah, events? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll get me on most, he can most of the shows. Like, he's, he's a diamond, he's a diamond, Richie. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, he's a nice guy and he is a character as well, which makes it even better. <laughs> Proper. Do you, do you ever lend a hand with, with the A&R side as well, or does he normally just do that yeah, himself? He, or? He, um, if, I, if I hear some tunes, like, I'll go, I'll send it to him. Yeah. And stuff like that. And he'll, like, he'll normally listen in the studio, or he'll say, what do you think, and stuff like that. Yeah, that that's good. So I'm glad actually because I didn't ask you beforehand if you were in your studio, but I think you kind of worked out that it's probably the most suitable place for you to do the the live stream. So yeah. one of the questions I sent over was, um, I mean, uh, from some of the pictures I've seen in your studio, I kind of get lost in in how many pieces of hardware. <laughs> So what I asked was, especially for producers, because a lot of people do say they, they feel like at times it is quite an expensive investment. But the thing that I always back back to a lot of people and say is, how many holidays have you gone on this year? How much do you spend on designer clothes? Yeah, because exactly, th- th- this is my point. And it's not to say, oh, you can never go on holiday. You can't have nice things. But it's like, if you're really that passionate and you're that serious about it, people will make the investment with pieces of hardware i know um interestingly when i've spoken to patrick topping briefly before i think when he was um producing some of his early hot creation stuff he didn't even really use hardware and obviously every producer is different some like using hardware 
and some don't. But what what would you say are like within your studio now are really reasonably affordable pieces of kit, but you also feel would take your production to the next level if you if you're a producer. I know you've laughed there because they're probably not that affordable, <laughs> but. part where I'll just let all the viewers listen and, and I'll just nod because I don't really have <laughs> that's class so what advice would you have for like maybe hidden talent producers that are maybe lacking confidence and, and feeling that their music isn't going to be heard and really the best way to get their music in to the right hands now with there being so much competition about point especially um with what you just said and then referring back to a, the podcast i was listening to that, that sebzy i did the other day and i think he was saying that he first started off really as a dj he didn't want to produce at all but even back then he knew how important it was if you want to break through and go to the next level you have to have your own sound you can be an you can be an amazing dj you know you, you can play vinyl but if you're strictly playing other people's music you you're only get known as as a good dj that plays other people's records whereas if you have of course like your own tracks it's uh no, it's you actually do edits as well because djs love it if you do like a really cool edit yeah something and get, in, get it in the hands of a few djs 
they love that as well. You know, yeah. Like exclusive edits. Yeah. Next thing I wanted to discuss, obviously, with everything that's that's going on at the moment, um, really, obviously, just to just to help you as well and give you the exposure that you deserve, is uh, you've got a is it a remix that's out now or coming out? Yeah. Uh, that was like, it's like a break sort of uplifting sort of breaks thing, which is a bit different. I've never done a break sort of track. It's got pretty well received. Uh, radio one support. Uh, do do when the charts and stuff. So yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I thought in lockdown. Why not be a bit more experimental? Yeah. The clubs then open to just you know try, try new things that we normally do. I yeah. think I think that's definitely a, a really good point as well. And something that I always try to say to people, once again, is don't feel like you have to tie yourself down to one subgenre and feel like you, yeah. you, you have to be on one specific label. Because don't get me wrong, it's good to have a benchmark with certain labels you want to get to, you know, aim, aim for the stars. But I feel like at the moment, and obviously this isn't knocking the label because it shows how popular and well they're doing, but... Certain labels like Piv or No Art or Hot Creations has been the same for years. Everyone wants to release on Hot Creations because that's like the absolute benchmark. But don't try and just make one specific sound. You know, go it's for a variety of things. I, I, I know, I saw, I know, believe it or not, people like Jamie, like Daily, those run those labels. They're, they're, they want different things. Yeah. I think you might think, oh, I need to make that. Don't forget, they probably signed those tunes like six months ago. So they're wanting a new sound now, so don't try and replicate that sound. Because they, trust me, if they hear something that's like fresh or they're as fresh, and go, oh yeah, I like that. Yeah. So just try, try and be as original as possible. Don't obviously you get influence of sounds, but try and carve your own thing. And that those A and R guys and go, oh, this is this is this is interesting. This is new. Yeah. Yeah. That that's a good point because one of my friends, uh, Josh. Haval released his debut EP yeah. on, I think it was Hot Tracks. Oh, yeah, he sent me some of the stuff, actually. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'd known him for a couple of years, and he wasn't, I mean, obviously he was producing, but fair play to him, he was doing it really behind the scenes, wasn't letting anyone know what he was doing, and then all of a sudden, just came out, and he signed an EP to Hot Tracks, an EP to Hot Creations, uh, just had a release on Circus as well, and that's why it goes to show. He's been patient, really carved his own yeah. sound, gone for something that probably took everyone a bit by surprise, but it's just reiterating the point you've made there. There's there's clearly an element of a Hot Creations influence, but he's turned it into his own thing yeah. at, at the same time. Um, and that's what that's what I'm hearing a lot more now. And, and see, this isn't... You know, putting producers down, it's just goes to show that even like your, your Ben Sterling's on Hot Creations, there's a lot of producers that are trying to produce a similar sound to him, but it's like yeah. all you're doing is replicating a sound that someone else has already made. So, yeah. when you send that to someone, like I've been sent stuff before and you, it actually does sound good, but if straight away I'm thinking that that sounds like another artist then you haven't you haven't got your own path and your own sound. That's that's the way that I see it and I'm sure you you probably agree obviously as yeah, a like producer. Being be patient as well, like you said, really get a really good bunch of tracks and like really like I said, give out have that sort of vision and that thing for him, like, this is where, where I want to be and I like, try and just get there, keep doing that. You will get there. If you really work hard, you will get there, definitely. Yeah. I just saw that um Senzala's just uh waved. I know you've uh 
you collaborated with him a couple of times, haven't you, on, on 432? Do you still work with yeah. him now as well on a couple of different bits? Or... Yeah, we still, yeah, we still work with stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so the, the way that I um, see it with you, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, is um, just referring back to what you were saying earlier on, did you initially start off as a producer, but then you moved into DJing? Because the way that it seems to go now is if you have a couple of good releases, that's what gets you the bookings off the back of yeah. your yeah. releases. Did you start off as a producer, then move into DJing? Yeah, no, no, DJing, DJing. Oh, really? Yeah, well, like, um, sound that built to our decks. <laughs> We've got 12, 12 tapes, you know, I have tracks of Philip Bigs, and then obviously now it's like CDJs, so I still buy vinyl, obviously, I've got, with the DJ and I know you've had some pretty good bookings um yeah. before unfortunately the world went oh, to man, a bit of a shit storm Yeah, well, I'm sure. Fingers crossed. No doubt that it will. Uh, it will come back stronger when it when it does yeah. blow over. But in terms of where you've played, you've played. Correct me if I'm wrong. Warehouse Project, um, yeah. Fabric. Yeah. yeah. What what would what would you say? Are, like the the biggest bookings that really stand out for you. The kind of where you get there and you stand back and you think, oh, I never expected this. Is it is it is it is it Bramley Moor Dock or is it a different yeah, venue? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I haven't I haven't been there, you know. Um, I've been to Liverpool a couple of times to different venues, but that's one that um that I haven't been to. But yeah, from the videos alone, you look at it and it's just different level, isn't it? Yeah. So, as I know it's probably a bit difficult to say now, probably focusing more on productions. Um, are you able to give us any kind of um, plugs or insights into what we can expect in terms of releases? Or obviously, you've got to keep it on the down low a little bit uh, until. No, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, and I've got some exciting collabs in the pipeline, but 
Uh, Keep that on the down low. Wicked. Yeah, I noticed the EP that you did, the, the, the player on Knee Deep in Sound that went to number one. Did you go over to Berlin to collaborate with him for that? Yeah, yeah. I spent like, um, I went over there for a week because I, I get on really well with my good friends. Um, I spent a week there. We just went to shoot every day, had some nice food, things like that, and just wrote, yeah, wrote the EP there. Yeah. I think that's um, a really big thing as well, is if you can make the time. I know it's obviously not easy for everyone to go out to a different country, but the fact that you've got that, you know, close bond with him, you know, on a personal level, not just as a producer as well. Yeah. The likelihood of your music being of really high quality is, is going to be higher because you, you get on really well. And like, like you were saying earlier on, you know, the... The more relationships you build with like-minded producers, if you if you hit it off on a personal level and you're vibing yeah. in the studio, the chances are you're probably going to make something special. Whereas you and him are good producers, but if you fucking hated each other, the chances are you're probably not going to make anything that's as good. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. So, yeah, it's good to get on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so yeah, the, the moral of the story is just make as many friends as you can. Yeah, just be a friendly person. Don't be a dick, basically. Yeah. Solid, solid. A solid piece of advice, which I feel like, especially in 2020, a lot of people do need to be reminded: just don't be a dick, just be a good person. Yeah. So, coming on further to um, up and coming producers, I know you said that you've had quite a few reach out to you and. Um, Who's really exciting you at, at the moment as maybe someone who's just broke through or someone that's maybe oh, right. c- coming yeah. through the ranks who's sending you a couple of bits? God, there's so many, there's so many good, there's so many good producers at the moment. I couldn't, I couldn't say one. Yeah. Um, not on top of my head anyway, but there's loads. There's loads of, I'm, I'm, there's quite a lot of like sort of classic house sort of coming out, which I really like. Do you know what I mean? That sort of sound, a bit more soul to it. Um, I like all the disco stuff as well. So I don't know. There's so many good. I can't say it off the top of my head. <laughs> there's so many good. There's so many good. Honestly, up to well established and upcoming producers. Yeah. I think I think there's really good stuff coming at the moment. To be honest, definitely. Yeah. What I'll do now, if you don't mind, I'm just going to give the floor to a couple of people because I know there's a couple of people maybe wanted to ask a question or two about yeah. um production or just ge- in general like progressing um in the music industry. So if anyone. Um, whilst we carry on the conversation, if anyone has a question uh, for Mav, then fire away. And uh, obviously, as, as long as it's nothing too personal or rude, yeah, then uh, I'm sure I'm sure he won't mind answering it anyway. <laughs> Hopefully, people fire away. Otherwise, it's a bit of a <laughs> bit of an awkward silence. To be fair, we've uh, we've covered off uh, quite a bit anyway. Some of, the, some of the questions I had actually was, um, I know you said there's, there's quite a few people that you've already collaborated with. Um, who would you say both, I'd say choose one that's passed away um, and one that's alive. Who who are like your dream people to collaborate with? What, electronic music? Yeah, yeah. Well, in general, because I know you produce quite a variety of things. Um, I don't know. I 
Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Dre is just yeah. um, d- different level, man. Some some of the stuff that he can do in the studio, and I just think like in general, um, when you look at like where he came from to mm. where he's at now, to come from what like the hardest part of Compton, and then now the guy's like a, a billionaire. Just just yeah. raw raw talent, isn't it? Amazing, mate. Yeah, yeah. Proper. I like those answers though. A bit more obscure, to be fair. Yeah. So one of the questions is, uh, what did you use to make the baseline on the Don't Ask remix? Don't Ask, um, SH101. I use that a lot, very in SH101. Mono synth, that's another good synth to get, actually. But they, they, um, they do a new version, one's like the uh, AE version, like the old one. Uh, but they do like a, re- a boutique version, it's like a little small one. Really affordable, a couple hundred quid. That's a really good thing to get as well. Yeah. definitely. Would you say that's one of your go-to pieces with, with a lot of the tracks you make? Is there certain okay. pieces of hardware I've, I've that you... That, I've used that a lot in my tracks, um, but I go through stages. I'm using the AV6 got those now. That's not my newest one. It's amazing. does everything. But uh, yeah, I love, the, I love the 101. I've used it in ca- countless tracks. Yeah. It's just a really versatile... You know, people will tell you that it's just a really versatile, good sounding synth. It, it does the job. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, the next question is, um, are you planning on starting up your own record label? Yes. Nice. That's the answer we wanted there. Yeah, no, no, definitely. I'm talking more and more been talking about it. I think it's starting the next progression of my brands. I really want to start, you know, having my own label and but I'm just really thinking of names. I've got like, a list of names there. <laughs> I haven't found one yet, but yeah, I'm in talks um obviously probably start of uh Next year, probably, that's what we're aiming for. So, yeah, I'm yeah. really excited about that, to be honest. I can't wait, actually. Yeah. What, what are your kind of ideas around um, music policy? Do you think, not necessarily in terms of the sound with 432, do you reckon you'll go in the same direction with if it's quality and it's underground, yeah, I'll release I'm, it? I'm really, I'm really open-minded. Like, if I like it, I'll like it. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. Yeah. All bass fan house, but if it goes a bit electro-y or break-y... I think it's good. I'll sign it, definitely, yeah. Yeah. That, i got to say, I've been listening to the EP that Richie just released last week, the Italo 80, Bad yeah, Boy yeah. One. Yeah. Ser- serious EP, that is, man. Really, really good. Yeah, it's good. Um, next question is, you mentioned that production takes a lot of time. Have you got any tips to work smart and, ach- and achieve production goals quicker? That's That's from one of my friends who, to be fair... It's yeah. a good point, especially with people who are stuck with the issue of you have a nine to five job, because um, yeah. obviously you, you have bills, you have responsibilities, especially you know if you've got a partner, children, etc. What what would you say are the uh, the tips to work smart and so achieve the production really, goals? One thing that really helped with my workflow was um, really because organising my samples and stuff. Really, it's a very boring, long task to start. But just really categorizing your samples so you know exactly if you want that a nine line open hat or a certain percussion sound or a vocal chop or something like that or bass line, you know where to go because you've labeled it correctly. And it's means I use a neighbor's machine and I really took time to categorize everything so I know exactly if I want that sound, I'll go there and it's there. It's just, it really speeds up my workflow. 
samples and stick to a few plugins as well. Like I said, go back to the sim, get a simple, simple sim to learn it. But you don't need every plugin on the on the planet. I always let these bog you down, and you won't get you won't get anything done. You just keep flipping through things. You just get everything really streamlined, really simple. That really helped me. And not just a, a sample, sample of records, a sample of YouTube, but start building your own library. Because then you, you like the sound straight away, you like the sample, so you can use it. Instead of just buying sample packs that you go through, probably all night, and you might find one little sound out of the sample pack that everybody else has got for, for another reason. So really just really organise your samples. I think that really helps your workflow. Yeah, I think or, or, organisation is definitely a big thing, whether you're... It's really important, yeah. Yeah. Because, like you say, if 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 everything's here, there, and everywhere, it's going to take you ages to find, and then you know something that should be fun is going to probably become unnecessarily stressful because you don't know where anything yeah, yeah, is. Mate, you, don't, you don't want it to feel like that. You want to be buzzing off it, like I said. Say if you do, you come from work, you don't want to be like, oh, I'll be stressed out. You want to be like getting into it and um, getting straight into it. And using like even like if you hear like a bass, say if you're going to work on your Spotify or whatever. And you hear a little bass through something, save there, maybe try and replay it, things like that, or just get a little sample of something to get you going. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a bit daunting just starting up a project and there's nothing there. Sometimes it helps to get a little sample around it or replay that bass line to get an idea of where you are, things like that. So I'd say. Yeah. Don't get organised, be organised, keep it streamlined, definitely. Quality. So bear with me, a couple of more questions. So the next one is best way to send out music to DJs and labels. Um, a lot. That's yeah. Don't. That's, I love you always say. Don't send out loads of tracks. Really, if you pick like three of your best bits of work that you think will suit that label as well. Yeah. And I think most of them like just a, a Spotify, a, not Spotify. Sorry, SoundCloud's link. Don't like. I don't really like things you've got downloads and all that. I want it to be quick. Dropbox is quite good as well. Yeah. Um, uh, try and get their emails I suppose or normally most of them like uh, on a soundcloud to give it a demo email or yeah. that way but keep it streamlined like a little friendly friendly, friendly sentence not too much yeah. don't go into the life backstory little friendly sentence um, don't CC loads of other labels in just focus on that worst thing you can do <laughs> and just send like three of your best tracks that's why it's really going to grab them like if I get somebody sent to like 20 tracks I'm like I'm just I'm not really going to listen to 20 tracks. Nah, nah. You know what I mean? It's just send three really good ones. Yeah. Now, that, there's some really good points there. And um, just before we move on, there's a, there's a couple of points I'd like to add because a lot, a lot of the work I do now, obviously, with speaking to Sonny, um, the guy you work with now, who does the, the management. Weirdly enough, I'm from, yeah. this, I'm from the same town as Sonny and we didn't even know. <laughs> which, yeah, 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 which was, which was a small world. We were laughing about that, but... That's one thing I've I've definitely learned more about working with artists who are sending music to record labels is number one in terms of like your, your demo emails yeah you're gonna have like your generic demo ones but you've got to be really tactical about what time you're sending it like there's no point sending something on a Friday night especially to a big label yeah, because yeah, it's gonna yeah, get lost it's gonna yeah. get lost in translation yeah. so you're probably better off looking at like your Tuesday by the time people have recovered from the weekend. <laughs> They, uh, the, the, you know, you choose their late mornings, early afternoons. Like you say, getting the best email I find really helps because you'll have some, especially your more established artists, they'll, they'll have more than one email. They'll have ones that are probably a bit more secretive that they don't want everyone to know. So if you can build that personal 
relationship and, and get the best email. And, and your point there about don't send a load of tracks because um, my business partner, Jack, was telling me about, I'm not sure who it was specifically that was involved with Nick Fanchuli's label, Saved. But he was saying, like you say, don't send 20 tracks. You might as well send, you know, if you're going to send um, three or four tracks as part of an EP to one label, then send out of your batch of, I don't know, if you're sat on 12 good tracks, send a different batch just to one label, a different batch just to just to one label and put in, like you say, the strongest track at the top, the track that you think, if they click on that first, that's really going to grab their attention. There's no point putting your weakest tracks at the top and your strongest at the bottom because if they're clicking through two or three and they're not catching them, unfortunately, because of the sheer volume of demos they're going to receive, they're, they're, they're probably not going to listen to... Uh, the bottom ones but i think a lot of the time as well you've just got you've just got to dig deep um that's one of the really helpful tools with social media if you can find out who else works behind these brands yeah. other yeah. than other than your main a and r and you can then reach out to them on a personal level and you're polite the likelihood is they're going to be like well this person's clearly keen and they and they want it yeah. because they've 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 really dug deep so i just thought i'd add a, a couple of points i don't know how useful it will be but I think that you know it's a lot of it's etiquette as well. Like you say, if you, if you're yes. if you're polite, you know a DJ doesn't or an A and R doesn't want to hear your full life story, which I you know is ironic because if you knew me well enough, Mav, I'm the worst one for giving life stories. But but it is true. Like if you just get straight to the point and you know you send it, they're not going to read all that. They want to hear the music yeah. more than anything. So. That, that's why that with, with the artists I, I work with now, I say to them, you're better off building a really strong batch of tracks about, you know, at least 10 or 12, because if you're, if you make two or three really, really good tracks and you then sign them, or like you say, you send them to a label and they say, oh, not 100% on this, but if you've got anything else, straight away, you're placing unnecessary pressure on yourself because if it gets signed and then you've got to then follow that up, you're already then in the studio thinking, oh yeah. God, I, I, need, I need to produce this, I need to deliver and follow up straight away. And you know, you want to make the process as enjoyable as possible. Um, so if, you, if you're if you sat on a decent amount of tracks, it's just, you've got a lot more to play with and it's going to be a lot yeah. easier, I suppose, as well. Yeah. Yeah, so next point, if you had to pick disco or classic house. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah, I suppose that that's um a lot of love hurts really. It's that intertwining of yeah, disco and classic yeah. houses, isn't it? It's not really one it or the is, other. Yeah. The last question is: What's your favourite piece of equipment in your studio? Yeah. Alright, it's just amazing. You can't make a bad sound with it. It's brilliant. That's good. I, I did say last question, but it seems like everyone's just heard me say that and they've fired on a few more. So I think we've got a couple more minutes as long as long as I'm not taking too much time out of your uh, your production no, schedule, worries, mate. <laughs> so what's the best way to collaborate with people when you're new to the DJ and production scene? 
messages or emails. And that's the, it's all up to the organic way, isn't it? And yeah. obviously it's a bit hard at the moment. Um, just, just reaching out and saying, oh, on like Instagram, oh, I really like what you're doing. If you found someone, uh, do you want to do a collab or something like that? Send them some of your ideas, some tunes. And see what happens. Yeah, I think um both both of those are absolutely bang on, but especially the point of just get yourself to as many parties as possible, but especially parties that you feel like your sound resonates with. Um, exactly. There's going to be loads of people like you there. Exactly, and yeah. especially on the dance floor because obviously they're there for the same reason as you because they love the music, and obviously if they're producing as well, then uh, even better. But even um more so, I think just especially if you can afford to, just get to as many different cities as possible because the more you network and the more you get your name out there and your face out there, then, you know, because especially when I was growing up um, in Shrewsbury, if, we, if you're in a small town, and I'm not knocking, you know, living in a small town or anything like that, it, you're very restricted in terms of your network in some cases, um, whereas I think the, the more cities or countries you go to, you know, the, the more people you're going to meet, the more doors that are potentially going to open. That's that's the way that I that I see it as well. It's it's just um a lot of the time it's it's just um don't know what the words are to be honest. My mind's gone completely blank. But it's you 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 basically just statistically more likely to to meet someone. Like the more you put yourself out there. Of course, um, yeah. And obviously, if you go to parties that they said there's going to be loads of people exactly like you. Also, you know, that's that one wants to be a producer or a DJ and stuff like that. And you, you're going to meet a promoter or you're going to meet uh, agents or, you know, label owners. They'll all, they'll all be there, aren't they? They're yeah. Um, another thing as well, which is good, um, I like the uh, the conferences, the ABE, those of those and IMS and all those things, or the one in Brighton, BMC, because you, you're going to meet loads of people there. They're all going to be on the bar as well. And that's a great way to meet them. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, so as well because it's it's yeah. it's specifically music industry related, especially likes of ADE. That's like yeah, an entire yeah, week yeah, that that's focused yeah, yeah. specifically yeah. Uh, on that. So that that's that's a really important point for for when things do return to normality. Yeah, I hope Just yeah, hopefully. I was I was supposed to be going to be fair, but I feel like I haven't saved enough because it's is it in it's in October, isn't it? Yeah, but I better get saving then if it's a chance it might be on. Uh, I think the final question is any advice on making mixed downs sound bright and chunky apart from the norm like EQ? Um, I always say mixed downs. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about this. Uh, it's, the production is key to mix down being good. If your production's not good, the mix down's not going to be good. That's what I always say. Really, really understand your arrangement really make sure the sound, the source sound is good from the start. But the less you have to do to the sound, the better. I'm saying if you're there spending all the night EQ on the kick drum or something, it's the wrong kick drum, just get rid of it. Find just really, that comes in time as well, the more experience you have in production, you just understand what sounds work together. And like, the less elements you have going at once, your mix is gonna be better for it. But in terms of being, getting things more chunky, I'd say um, sort of bit crushes are really good or saturators, uh, like stuff with sound toys, I use uh, Devil Lock quite a lot. Just, just a nice simple sort of compressor which makes things fatter and chunkier. And just get a good colour EQ, so just use like a, a Fabio EQ or your stock EQ in Ableton or Logic. Some of the colour EQs will have like the nice frequency bands which make things chunkier and brighter. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, that, that's quality. Thank so, yeah, you. The production is key, though. Is the, le the less I do the mix, the better. I always find if you do loads and loads of the mix, it means that the production's not quite there yet. Yeah. So, yeah. That's good. So, the final question for me before I let you go is I know that goes without saying that last few years have been a bit of a whirlwind and you know there's, there's been a lot of things that you've ticked off see so when things do return to normality or even on a production level because obviously you can still release on labels and um, what, are, what are your main kind of goals and the things that you're working towards whether it's like labels or gigs anything like that well, obviously the, the, my big thing is the, the record label yeah um, um, the thing is Yeah, so South America is, is one of the places, hopefully, with, with the work I'm doing, I'll get to visit because you look at the events over there, if it's Cordoba or Ecuador, especially, um, I think Richie's mentioned a couple of times, like Lost Beach, just absolute different yeah, level, the yeah, parties yeah, out there. Yeah, it's, 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 it's so up for out there, it's really receptive and they just, it's a really good vibe out there, yeah. Yeah, so, definitely. Fingers crossed, mate. So that, that's everything. I just want to say, really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. And I'm sure everyone, I, there's quite a few people commenting now saying thank you as well. So um, yeah, come, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll cross paths sooner or later in, in the club anyway. Yeah. No worries, mate. You take care. Thanks for your time. Wicked. Thank you. Bye-bye.